July 10th, 2023. Let's talk about wearing a hat on Shabbat. This is a class we actually had on Shabbat a few weeks ago, and uh, several people who missed it asked that it be on recording. Uh, so the question w- with regards to wearing a hat on Shabbat is not per se a question of whether you should be wearing a hat lichvod Shabbat or not. I'll leave that to each person, each family, and individual to determine what are the proper big day Shabbat based on their community and circumstances and situation. The question instead is, halachically speaking, is it ironically permitted to wear a hat on Shabbat? Now, what type of hat are we talking about? For our purposes at the uh, introduction to this class, we're talking about any hat. We're talking about both a baseball cap as well as a a fedora or a top hat by extension. Any and every hat, uh, we want to question whether it's permitted or asur on Shabbat. By extension, even a kippah is a kippah problem for a man to wear on Shabbat. Why would any of this be a problem? What would the issue be? Wearing a cap? Wearing a hat? We wear clothing? Is there a problem with that on Shabbat? Clearly not. It begins with a Gemara in Masechet Shabbat in source number one and Daf Kof Lamed Chet Amud Bet. The Gemara has the following words, Ve'amar Sheshat Bereh Derav Idi Hai Si'ana Sha'areh. So the Gemara says that Rav Sheshat, in the, na- in the son of Rav Idi, makes the following statement, A Si'ana is permitted. What's a Si'ana? Kovat says Rashi, Shelevid. It's a hat, a fabric hat. It's permitted. Oh, so that's it. The class should be over. It's permitted to wear a cap or a hat on Shabbat. Why would it be Asur? Vehaitmar says the Gemara, Si'ana, Asur. Well, the Gemara says, Don't we have an alternative opinion or statement that this hat or a hat is Asur? Rashi explains, Laset bo be Shabbat. It's Asur to go out with it on Shabbat. And as we continue in the Gemara, we'll explain what the issue and under what circumstances there's a problem. Answers the Gemara before we understand why there would be an issue. Lakasha, there's no contradiction over here. Whereas on the one hand, Rav Sheshat stated that a si'ana is permitted. On the other hand, we have a statement that it's Asur. Ha di'it betefach, ha delet betefach. He distinguishes between whether on the brim of the hat, of the cap, there's a tefach. A tefach, of course, is a fist. And we, generally speaking, assume it's about 3.2 inches. A little bit more than 3 inches, a little bit less than 3.5 inches. What does that mean? The Gemara then distinguishes between the size of the brim. Why should that matter? The part that protrudes from the hat. Rashi, If the brim is extending more than a tefach, asur mishum ahola. The issue would be, explains Rashi, Ohil. Ohil is a melacha, or is it is, and is a part of the melacha of binyan. It's constructing a tent or a physical um, item which will uh, have, generally speaking, a roof and walls. Now, over here, there's no roof or walls, uh, but we're talking about something which, at the very least, is rabbinically considered an ohil. It's not permanent as a structure. It's an ohil arai, which means impermanent. It means temporary, as opposed to an ohil keva, which means that it's permanent. But the rabbis, in turn, are stating that when there's more than a tefach, 3.2 inches or more, there would be a problem in wearing such a hat. Where'd they come up with the measurement of a tefach? That's the halakha with regards to ohil in general. It's the halakha with regards to ohil, tent size or roof size or a space size when it comes to tum'ah and tahara, when we deal with 
purity or impurity in the context of something that's underneath a roof. It's a halacha in turn when it comes to Shabbat that the melachav, asiat ohil, is specifically when there's a tefah or more. Well, that being the case, says the Gemara, the statement of Rav Sheshat initially that it's permitted to wear the si'ana is when there's less than a tefah. The contradictory statement, the ha'itmar asur, is when we're talking about there's more than a tefah. That's where it stands. That means to say that you'd have to measure, if we stop at this point in the Gemara, you'd have to measure any hat that you're interested in wearing out. Does it have more than a tefah in terms of the brim size? If it does, the Gemara at this point is telling us it's asur. If it doesn't, well, then, of course, it's mutar. A standard baseball cap, seems to me, has more than a tefah size. A standard fedora, some 15 years ago, the style, certainly in Brooklyn circles, was to wear with a brim that had more than a tefah. That would be questionable. How is that permitted? In today's day and age, I think the style is to wear shorter, smaller uh, brims. So it would be less than a tefah. You wouldn't have this issue to begin with. But it means that you'd have to pay attention to, based on the words in the Gemara at this point, the size of the brim of a hat any time that you're wearing it. Continues the Gemara, however. Even though you're not you're building just putting it. putting it on. There's no, like, a tent usually you think of, like, you have the stick, you have the peg, and you're, like, building something. Right. It already is built. Right. Interestingly, the Gemara is not distinguishing. Now, it's possible, and we'll address this later in the class, it's possible that hats of old, and specifically the ones that they're referring to, needed to be, so to speak, unraveled or um, you know, wrapped up and then built out when you were wearing it, which would be a construction of a ohil. Um, but the Gemara doesn't state that, again, either because that was taken for granted, that's the way it used to be, or they're not distinguishing. And even if it's already made, the act of putting it on your head is, uh, is you know, so to speak, constructing it on your head, even though it's already built. But that's a very good point, which will come into play in a little bit as we discuss this halacha lemaaseh. Would that by extension mean that you can't go under an already built roof or something that's already built? No, this is not an isur per se in going under. This is the isur of putting it on top of you. If there's a roof that was constructed on Shabbat, there's no problem in going under it. The issue is that you're constructing the ohil on your head. By placing the hat on your head, you've brought forth an ohil over your head. It's true, you didn't build the protrusion per se, but the fact that you put it on your head now built that protrusion in the place that it's at. As so says the Gemara, theoretically, I can put on a baseball cap before Shabbat and leave it on. In theory, um, uh, you're asking if I put on the cap before Shabbat and took it down at no point, so the oil's already on my head. In theory, that would be okay. Yes. Yes, um, not really going to be the case, but in theory, that shouldn't be a problem. It means the ohil is already constructed in the place where it is. Says the Gemara, Elameata. Wait a second, we have a question on this notion. Sharbiv biglima tefah hachename de mehayev. The Gemara questions, Rashi explains, Hiniyah talito al rosho kiderch shu mitatef vihirhikah. If a person placed their talit or their cloak over their head, imagine it as a hood today by extension, and it goes more than a tefah 
outside, uh, so I'm wearing the talit, and today's energy is actual talit, and I draped it over my head, or alternatively, I have a hood, and it's a large hood, so it extends a tefah outward, would that be asur? So you might say, yes, of course that's asur. The Gemara is clearly assuming, based on what was the practice, it seems to be, that that's permitted. And the Gemara, in turn, is asking a contradiction of the issue over here with regards to putting that si'ana, that hat on your head, is because it protrudes, it goes out, a tefah. Why is that any different than a hood, our words, or a talit, a gilima, a cloak, which goes out, a tefah, which the Gemara is certain is permitted? Answers the Gemara, ela, rather, we'll come back to that word in a moment, lakashya, hademehadek, Ha de la mehadik. The Gemara distinguishes between whether the hat on your head is mehudak or not. Mehudak means if it's tight, if it's fastened or not. Why should that make a difference? Rashi. Ta'ama lav mishum ohil. Rashi, in reading the words of the Gemara, or the word ela, ela means rather. And anyone who's in tune with or attuned to the Lashon, the wording of the Gemara knows that the word Ela, generally speaking, denotes we fell off of our past approach and now we're setting it in a new direction. Which means to say that the Gemara had until now assumed that any Isur, any violation with regards to a hat is because of Ohil. Now the Gemara says, no, there's no issue of Ohil. Maybe because of the claims that you made earlier, right? In other words, maybe it's because you didn't construct anything. Maybe it's for another reason. It's not considered an Ohil. So what are you talking about? We had a statement that it's that it's Asur. Ta'ama lav mishum Ohilu. Ela... The issue was and is only an issue of carrying of tiltul bereshut rabim. Explains Rashi. Well, the Gemara in turn goes like this: When Rav Sheshat Bere the Rav Idi began and told us that you're allowed to wear the siyana, that's when it was fastened to your head. The alternatively, alternatively, the statement of Vehait Marsi Ana Asur that was referring to when it's not fastened. Well, what's the fear? Well, if it's not fastened, the fear is the wind will come, blow it off, and you'll pick it up and carry it with you. Placing it back on your head isn't per se an issue, but you'll carry it with you, and therefore, if it's not Mehudak, it's Asur. That might, in turn, leave us with a certain question. Um, well, first and foremost, let's make clear what we do know, and then we'll uh, address a question that we might have. So it means that the c- conclusion of the Gemara, according to Rashi, is that if the hat is mehudak, is fastened on your head, we'd have to obviously objectify in some way, um, fastened, but it's, it's on your head to the extent that you don't fear it's going to blow off with the wind. It's completely and fully mutar on Shabbat. What about this distinction between tefah or not tefah? We fell off of that. There is no such halacha. The Gemara has a new direction. The only issue is a gezera, a restriction of the rabbi, sheme yagbihenu. Maybe you'll pick it up and carry four amot, the six feet in Rishut HaRabim, which is prohibited. That's the conclusion of the Gemara. Of course, the question that it'll leave us, not question per se, the issue that it'll leave us with is, if a man is wearing, for argument's sake, a, a kippah in Rishut HaRabim, if a man is wearing a kippah on Shabbat, the conclusion of the Gemara, in a place where you don't have an eruv, might be, ironically, that you shouldn't be wearing that kippah. Now, you'd have to distinguish and you'd have to determine, is a kippah fastened to the head enough? Does it stay on when the wind comes and so forth? But ironically, that might be where this leads you in the conclusion of the Gemara. 
It should be noted, because we're not really going to particularly and specifically focus on that last line of the Gemara in distinguishing with regards to carrying as Rashi does, but it should be noted already that many of the Aharoni, many of the later authorities, do deal with this specific issue, not per se with a kippah, but a kippah included, and they make several distinctions. First and foremost, if a person wouldn't walk without a kippah, which generally speaking, if the person's wearing it on the street, they wouldn't be wearing it with they wouldn't be walking without it, then you don't have this gezera. This gezera, this restriction is specifically, I'll pick it up and I'll say, oh, it's too windy, I'm not putting it back on my head. But if it's something that you're always wearing, we don't have that restriction. That's what's quoted from Orzarua, among others. Hahamovadya Yosef furthermore suggests um, that this gezera is, is specifically relevant only in a circumstance, in a situation where we have an actual reshut harabim min ha-Torah, mid-de-oraita, without getting into the halachot of eruvin, uh, with regards to the status and stature of, of our domains and places today, we generally assume we don't have reshut harabim de-oraita on a biblical level, and as a result, this violation or this prohibition, restriction of the rabbis, wouldn't per se apply. But it means, for our purposes, just catching you up to date, that the conclusion of the Gemara, according to Rashi, is such that um, we have no fear with regards to a tent, with regards to the Melachav Binyan. The issue is specifically and only with regards to Tiltul Birshut Rabim. Not everyone understands the Gemara that way, which is why things get a little bit more complicated. In source number two, it's from the Pesakim, Piske Harosh, there in Masechet Shabbat, in Siman Gimal. He writes, Verabenu Tamzal, Benu Tam, of course, the grandson of Rashi, Logaras Ela. He doesn't have in his version of the Gemara, his wording of the Gemara, that word Ela. That doesn't exist in his version of the Gemara. Now, if you recall, that word Ela is what we said triggered Rashi to understand that the Gemara took us in a new direction. The Instead, his Gemara says, Lakashya, diglima la mehadek ala nikhpaf lemata, velohave ohel, aval siana, mehadek, shukashe, bolet, hutzrosho tefah, vehava ohel, ve asur. Rabbeinu Tam instead understands the Gemara as extending the qualifications with regards to what's Asur or not. Not replacing, as Rashi did, but rather extending. We're still contending with an issue of Ohel. But if you recall, the Gemara questioned, well, if it's an issue of Ohel, what's the difference between the hood or placing the talet over my head more than a tefah? Why is that permitted, but you're telling me the hat is not? The answer goes like this. Not a distinction between tefah and not tefah alone. It's furthermore, how tightened is it to your head? If it's a tight, not to your head, how tight is the brim of the hat? If the brim of the hat is tight and strong, we say that's similar to a tent. That's similar to a permanent structure. If alternatively it's more flimsy, we'll have to define flimsy and tight. Well, in that situation, we'll say it's not permanent in nature, or even close to an ohil in terms of its quality, and that would be permitted. Which means to say that the conclusion of the Gemara, according to Rabbeinu Tam, is that we have an issue specifically with regards to ohil when it comes to hats, and there are two things that need to be in place in order for it to be prohibited. Number one, the brim needs to be more than a tefah, that's the definition of ohil. Number two, it needs to be mehudak, not tightened to your head per se, but tight and strong. And when it's tight and strong and more than a tefah, it would be prohibited. 
Of course, I bring you back to our initial conversation and question. Uh, what does that mean with regards to fedoras or caps? They seem type kind of tight in terms of the brim. Um, and as a result, would that lead us to, according to Rosh, Rabbeinu Tam, Rabbeinu Hananel, he cited from as well, a violation if we were to wear a hat on Shabbat. Harambam, in source number three. In Perekaf Bet of Hilchot Shabbat Halachalamid Aleph has the following important statement. He follows the direction of Rabenu Tam and Rabenu Hananel in terms of the conclusion of the Gemara, continuing with regards to a violation of Binyan Ohil, and he writes the following: Kova She'osel Harosh. If there's a hat which is constructed on your head, v'yesh lo safa makefet, and it has a brim which surrounds it, she osa sel, which makes shade, kimo ohel, al levusho, it makes like a ohel shade on the person who's wearing it, mutar lelovsho, it's permitted to wear it. V'im hosimin habeget saviv la rosho keneget panav kimo ohel, v'aya mudak al rosho v'aya safe shehosia kasha biyoter kimo gag. Says Harambam, however, um, if the extended portion, the brim as we're referring to it, is more that, well, he doesn't mention anything about tefah. He says if it's tight, like a roof, in such a circumstance, it would be asur because it's like an ohel. Uh, that's very significant. Harambam has somewhat, well, still, like a roof, doesn't fully define, but he's come closer to defining for us what it means um, with regards to the extension of the hat. It needs to be hard. The extension of the hat needs to be hard like a roof. Now, interestingly, Harambam has no mention of tefah, which was the other qualification in the Gemara. In source number four, in She'elot Teshubot of Radvaz, in Siman Ayin Zayin, he addresses this and he says, of course it has to be a tefah, according to Harambam. You don't have a definition of a roof, or excuse me, of, a, of an ohil if it's less than a tefah. So certainly, if it's less than a tefah, according to Harambam, it's permitted. But if it is a tefah and it's hard, says Harambam, and by extension Radvaz repeats his words, that would be prohibited. Radvaz, as a matter of fact, lines up in the second paragraph of source number four, three separate issues that need to be addressed in order to determine the status of the hat. Number one, Number one, it needs to be hard, as opposed to if you just extend a garment over your head like the Gemara talked about. Number two, Interestingly, he extends it. He says, It needs to be hard like a roof. Uh, that's the definition of it being something that's an ohil, a kova, which is asur. And lastly, he says, it needs to be a tefach, or he mentioned it first, as an extension. Okay, so again, just to catch you up to date with regards to what we're addressing, according to Rashi's interpretation of the Gemara, hats today, by and large, will be permitted, provided that it's on your head and you're not in a place which is close to Rashut Rabim, has no, no issue of carrying if you have an Eruv, or if it's tightened onto your head, it's fully permitted. 
Harambam, Rabbeinu Hananel, Rabbeinu Tam, Rosh, were all telling us, no, 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 there's an issue. There's several qualifications, but an issue with regards to wearing a hat. Shohan Aruch, who is the source that we're awaiting with regards to determining the law, writes the following in Ora Hayim in Siman Shin Aleph, in Saif Mem through Saif Mem Aleph. First Saif Mem, it says, Kova shehu mitpashet lehalan merosho tefah, asur lehaniyah berosho afilu babayit mishum ohel. So his first statement is it has nothing to do with carrying. Instead, the issue is specifically and only ohel. And therefore, even if it's in your home, placing that hat on your head would be a problem on Shabbat. What are the definitions? Needs to be a tefah. Mitpashet lehalan. All right, that's, that's a violation. It means that there'd be an isur of wearing hats, according to those words in Shohan Aruch. Next, Shohan Aruch writes in Saif Mem Aleph, Laset b'Shabbat b'Kova sheberosho ha'asui lehagin mipnei hama yesh mishoser mishum dehaishinan sheyagbeinu aruch merosho ve'atel latuya ba'amot bereshut rabim elaim ken u'meudak berosho u'shu amok berosho nichnas letocho ve'naruch yachol lafrido merosho u'shu kashur beretzuat ha'had kerono tebachel lekal lemechash lemide. Interestingly, Shohan Aruch in Saif Mem Aleph in the second statement addresses the issue of carrying and there and only there does he talk about the qualification of it being tightened. In other words, the tightened, it seems, according to the simple reading of Shohan Aruch, only helps you prevent an issue of carrying outside. It doesn't per se define for you what a ohil is, right? In other words, whereas according to Rabbeinu Tam, Rabbeinu Hananel and Harambam, the definition of an ohil is that it's hard. Shohan Aruch doesn't mention that in his initial statement when he's talking about ohil. The tightened part, the hardness of the hat on your head is what helps you avoid an issue of carrying. It means that Shohan Aruch might emerge at this point as the most stringent, which means to say, provided that your hat has more than a tefah, doesn't matter how hard it is or how soft it is, the simple reading of Shohan Aruch, it would, prov- it would be considered a problem. Now, Shohan Aruch does need to address the fact that in the Gemara we talked about the Talet, which is permitted, so he seems to admit as well that it needs to be hard. Interestingly, he doesn't mention those words specifically when he addresses the um, issue of Ohel. In source number six, though, Mishnah Berura in Saif Katan Kof Nun Bet, right there in Shohan Aruch in Siman Shin Aleph, addresses the issue of hats in today's day and age, or at the very least, 80 or so years ago. Let's begin with his interpretation of Shohan Aruch, just on the words, Mishum Ohel. So if you remember, Shohan Aruch in Saif Mem said that the reason that you shouldn't be wearing the hat on Shabbat in his initial statement, Mishum Ohel. Af writes Mishnah Berura, She'en Ohel Belod Defanot, even though halachically speaking, we don't consider something a tent, a structure without walls. It's considered a temporary tent for these purposes. And it's rabbinically prohibited. Because ultimately speaking, the brim is crafted to give shade. That's what roofs are for. Okay, continues Mishnah Berani writes, Vekova shekorin britlich bilashon ashkenaz. He's referring to fedoras of that sort. Uh, he says, Even though it extends more than a tefach, Nonetheless, the custom is to be lenient on it. Uh, 
um, the the Aharonim, the later authorities, wrote several reasons for the reason that for for permitting. Now, what's a fedora? What's a britlich? It's like a, what someone would wear a black hat today, right? And so it's a hat that has a larger brim and has one of those traditional styles to it. Uh, why should that be permitted? So says Mishnah Berurah, several reasons. Number one, Echad. Kevan de'eno kasheh v'nechpaf lemata in bo hashash isur v'hainu kshe'en munach bo niyar kasheh. He says, number one, the reason that it should be permitted is because it's not hard and it instead is tilted downward. And that's specifically when there's not something strong holding it in place. Now, what is Mishnah Berurah referring to in these words? What are the Aharonim that he's citing from referring to? If you were, maybe you do own a hat of this sort, you'd know that the hat itself, when it's in its stationary state, um, when it's just being uh, resting on the head, nothing is really changing. It's not like a, uh, a hood that you put on your head. It's not like a, uh, like a talet which you drape over your head, which of course completely falls down. It rather, there's a, you can snap the front, which means to say they call that a snap. You can l- lower the front with your hands by, uh, by pushing it downward. Once it's pushed down, it doesn't just come back up. You have to then uh, push it back up. Uh, the statement of Mishnah Burra in turn, as do many of the late authorities, most recently I saw Tishuba from Chachamitz Hak Yosef along these lines, is that although the hat does appear to be strong and tight and hard, the fact that it can be easily manipulated downward, that considers it not kasheh kagag. That's not hard like a roof. I would humbly suggest that that's the same thing with regards to caps. Caps as well. They might be hard, but you can bend them. People do bend them in order to shape and fashion them. That in and of itself makes it not kashik kagag. So you might say to me, so then all hats are permitted. Well, not so fast. A top hat, for example, which was once worn, maybe in some circles is still worn, that can't be bent at all. That's stiff, that's hard, that's kashik kagag. Uh, there are some rabbinic hats until today's day and age, that some rabbis will wear hats that don't have that snap on the edge. They're hard, they're tight. Those would be more problematic, again, provided that there's a tefah. But Mishnah Berurat seems clear to me, as are the Aharonim who followed and preceded him, is explaining to us that provided that the um, the strength of the hat is not to the extent that it can't be fashioned, can't be turned downward, can't be twisted in some fashion, that's permitted. That's not stationary, stable, and strong enough to consider it an ohel. Va'afilu imu kasheh, continues Mishnah right? says, even if it's, for our words, a top hat, or one of those rabbinic hats, or by extension, provided that, you know, it has a long extension on it, a uh, bicycle visor, for example, which is kind of tight, halo eno mitkaven belivishato lihiyot ohel, verak mechaven lechasot rosho. He says, um, he says that uh, when you wear it, your intention is not that it be a tent. You're just interested in covering your head. Now, that next kula, that next angle for leniency is not so simple. Um, it is simple for a person who wears a hat every Shabbat, irrespective of the weather. It is simple for someone who wears a hat just for style, stylish reasons. It's not simple for someone who's wearing a hat because it's raining or sunny outside. That clearly is with the intention of so to speak, making a ohel, so you couldn't apply this. V'chen, continues Mishnah Burra, im hasafa asui b'shipua, gamken yesh letzadeh de la mikre ohel ba'ofenze. He says, furthermore, 
He says, furthermore, if it's bishipua, uh, which means that it's slanted downward, if that's the way it's made, that also isn't considered an ohil. Again, that's not per se any of the hats, but once you flip it downward, well, now it's made to be worn in such a fashion. Again, a baseball cap, as part of this conversation, shouldn't be, at least in my mind, different than the hats, the britlich, that the Mishnah Berurah and the Aharonim are addressing. Because a baseball cap, although it's strong, although it is hard, so are those hats. But it can nonetheless, and is nonetheless, manipulated and pushed downward. It's structured to generally speaking, not always, be worn downward. So those, number one and number three, which the Aharonim mentioned, number one, that it can be fashioned, number three, that it kind of rests on a slant, both apply, and as a result, I wouldn't distinguish between a, a, a fedora and a baseball cap. I would distinguish between a top hat or one of those stronger rabbinic hats and these hats. Ube Yaraba continues Mishnah Berain, writes Katav, he says, furthermore, from El Yaraba, one of the major Aharonim who are posek on Shohanaruch, that the minhag ha'olam, to be lenient with regards to wearing hats on Shabbat, is that they lean on the opinion of Rashi. Remember, we began the class with Rashi. Rashi's reading of the Gemara, Le Maskana, in its, in its conclusion, is there is no issue of Ohil when it comes to hats. Well, that being the case, even if we're not completely and fully dependent on Rashi, after all, Shohan Aruch did not mention the opinion strictly of Rashi. He included Rabbeinu Tam, Rabbeinu Hananel, and Harambam, that there's an issue of Ohil. It's important to be part of our conversation. Anytime you deal with a Pesach Halacha, provided that there's enough angles um, to see it through a prism of leniency or from a different angle and vantage point, that's included in the conversation in the concluding words with regards to the decision. And as a result, the fact that Rashi is a major authority, the uh, later authorities point out that there's a good 10 plus Rishoni medieval commentators who read the Gemara like Rashi, albeit Rosh and Harambam do not, um, but nonetheless there are many authorities, that's an important opinion to be added into a consideration of uh, these hats that people might work wear. Continues Mishnah Beran is concluding. Sorry, just to clarify, it, if it has the ability to be flimsy, or if you actually snap it. No, Mishnah Berurah says very clearly, as do the Aharonim in their interpretation, Kevan de no kasha v'nichpaf lemata. Why does it have to be that it's structured? That's his number three. His number three is that it's already slanted downward. It's that you could. Keep in mind the logic over here. The logic is like Harambam said. It needs to be kashe kagag. It needs to be strong like a roof. If it's not strong like a roof, irrespective of whether it's structured like that on at, at the onset, or you did it, or you didn't do it, that in and of itself makes it not roof-like, not uh, ohel-like. Ulfize, he writes, be kapelosh, a different type of hat, shu kashe. I would imagine, you'd have to do your research on Yiddish, uh, at least from 80 years ago, this is referring to a top hat or something of that sort. The size is more than a tefach, 3.2 inches, and it's strong. Fascinatingly, says in Shabbat, don't protest if people are lenient in wearing it on Shabbat. But why not? Oh, we kind of do understand why not. We saw this last opinion mentioned, that we have the Rashi. 
Mishnah Berurah, basing himself on El Yaraba, is so um, convinced that the fact that people wear these hats is the predominant view and practice that he would even resolve and deal with uh, an opinion which seems like the non-mainstream opinion, Shohan Aruch didn't cite it, in order to be miyashev min ha'olam, in order to say that if people are doing this, at the very least they're, they're, they're basing themselves on the opinion of Rashi. Even though it stands to reason that it was made for shade, it has more than a tefah, and it is strong, they do have the opinion of Rashi. However, in places where the custom is not to be lenient, and people don't wear caps or hats out, provided that they're hard caps and hats. You certainly should be stringent like Specifically the issue of, of Mishnah Berurah is the hats which have a hard brim, which are, um, we're understanding as top hats and hats of that sort. Ozer Bekaplosh. He says, and likewise, if you look in the words of Rabbi Yitzhak Luria, his students, they attest to the fact that on Shabbat, he would not wear um, that sort of hat. Okay, but it means that if we're to summarize what we've seen until now, we really came to a very important juncture and point in these words of Mishnah Berurah, who's in turn citing from many of the authorities who preceded him, and that is that although it seems from the interpretation of the Gemara of Harambam and Rabbenotam and Rabbenohananel and so forth, that hats would pose an issue, uh, the Aharonim address it and in turn explain to us that hats are only an issue when they're hard. Hats are only an issue when they have that long uh, edge to them as opposed to something smaller. The question might be asked, but Mishnah is from Ashkenazim, Hafetz Hayim, it's uh, Rabbi Israel Kohen of Radin. There's no bearing on Svaradim. Svaradim maybe need to be stringent. You might recall, however, that I mentioned Chacham Yitzhak Yosef a moment or two ago. How could he be going based on this? The way Halakha, of course, works is not as black and white as we sometimes imagine it, that if an Ashkenazi said it, so it has no bearing on a Sfaradi. Ashkenazim sometimes have statements that are A, based on Sephardic uh, developments, and B, which have logic which is applicable to Sfaradim and Ashkenazim uh, just, as, uh, just, uh, just as much as they are to Ashkenazim. And in turn, the words of Mishnah Berurah over here, reflecting a long tradition in the Mefarshim to Shohan Aruch, is very significant in determining the Halakha. Chacham Ovadia Yosef, in turn, in his Hazon Ovadia and Hilchot Shabbat in Chilekhe, on page Shin Kaf Gimal, mentions all the considerations that we just addressed. Again, as I mentioned, his son does in a Teshubah that I read recently in addressing his son specifically the hats that are predominantly worn by many, not all many religious, maybe Haredi Jews in Israel and in America. But in Chazon Ovadar, Chacham Vadar Yosef, for our purposes, pushes this forward with one extra issue that's very relevant to us. You see, Mishnah Berurah gave us, from the Aharonim, several angles of deflection for understanding that maybe the hats and caps would be permitted to be worn on Shabbat many of them at least. Chacham Vadia Yosef quotes from a long slew of Aharonim. He begins with Sheilot Teshubot Gur Aryeh Yehuda, but he in turn quotes from Sheilot Teshubot Maharashdam and from Sheilot Teshubot Noda'a Behuda, all very important uh, late authorities in Halakha, who read the words of Harambam very carefully, which we read in source number three. If you recall, the words of Harambam were setting forth for our purposes until now the fact that the brim needs to be strong, Kashe Kagag, 
but he also had the following words that maybe we glossed over and really come back to a question which was addressed, which was uh, asked at the beginning. His words are, V'im hosi min habeged saviv lerosho o keneged panav kemo ohel. Did you hear those words? Im hosi, if he moved out from the hat more than uh, um, uh, uh, something that protrudes outward. Harambam doesn't mention tefah. But did you hear those words again? If he, if you moved out, you hear his words? His words seem to be implying to us that ohel, that this issue of binyan is specifically and only when you constructed it. Just placing the hat on your head, if it was already hotzi, uh, uh, if before Shabbat, or by the very construction of the hat, it was already out, would pose no issue with regards to binyan ohil on Shabbat. The issue is specifically and only when you took it out. You might ask, by extension, you know, whether the back of the cap, where you put the Velcro, a separate issue, but mutar, or the snaps in the back uh, into place, whether that's a problem. In such a situation, you're not bringing out the ohil, you're just fastening it to your head. So that wouldn't be a problem per se. The issue is specifically the protrusion. Now, the hats and caps that are made today, we don't unravel them, we don't craft them as we put them on, they're already made. It's a little reminiscent, maybe a lot, and as a matter of fact, many of the poski mention these two issues in tandem um, to the issue of umbrellas on Shabbat. See, when it comes to an umbrella on Shabbat, the same issue that we would be addressing is ohil. Is it considered an ohil? Is it considered a tent, a construction of something on Shabbat, which would be prohibited? Interestingly, in that context, Hatam Sofer, among many others, set forth the notion that even if, even if I could consider it an ohil, but maybe it's an o- only an ohil if I open the umbrella on Shabbat, as opposed to if it was open before Shabbat. Now, la halacha, many, if not most, of the poskim are oser. They say umbrellas are prohibited even under circumstances when it was open before Shabbat. However, in extenuating circumstances, many poskim do open the possibility of using that umbrella when it was open before. And it's not a halacha l'ma'aseh, which is generally used. La halacha, we generally say it's asur. But the notion is there, and that's what we're, we're, we're adding to the combination of reasons to see hats and caps as they're worn as something which doesn't pose a halachic problem. So again, to summarize the several reasons that we addressed, well, we said, number one, that um, the hat and cap might have less than a tefah. If it has less than a tefah, so then it's certainly the Gemara told us not going to be an issue. Number two, we have the opinion of Rashi, which Ohil, uh, to begin with, is not an issue when it comes to hats and caps today. It's only an issue in the Hava Amina, in the original thought of the Gemara, but not La Halakha. Uh, number three, what is the strength? What's the hardness of the protrusion on the hat? Is it really hard? Is it kasheka gag? Is it like a top hat? Is it like the visor on a helmet, assuming that it were to come out more than 3.2 inch- inches? If it's less than that, then it's permitted. And furthermore, another notion which was suggested is maybe if it's to begin with on a slope, that's not considered like a gag. Lastly, Hacham Vadia Yosef, basing himself on many Aharonim, is suggested as well that if you did didn't extend it. If you didn't craft the protrusion, uh, then that's permitted as well. It's not considered asiat ohil. 
all of those reasons together seem clear in my mind that hats and caps that are worn, not all of course, but by and large are permitted because hats and caps, baseball hats, black hats, gray hats, um, fedoras, um, straw hats, and so forth, they're made in a way that you flip down or turn the sides of it in some way or another, which means that the that the brim of the hat or of the cap or of the baseball hat is, uh, is manipulated with your hands and it's as a result not considered kashe kagag. A sun visor by extension, there are different types of sun visors. First and foremost, sun visors, to the best of my knowledge, oftentimes are smaller. They're not a tefah, but you'd have to measure that. Secondly, is it a sun visor which is just considered a sun visor because it has nothing on the top and it's only the protrusion part? If that's the case, then it's just like a cap and it's just as foldable and uh, and bendable. Alternatively, I have seen sun visors which are tight, which are almost plastic-like. That would be a problem. That would be a problem provided that it's more than 3.2 inches and it's hard like plastic or made of plastic, it would pose a problem. But lastly, in source Isn't number eight... Is it the material that matters? It's, uh, no, it's the malleability. Plastic. I only said plastic because plastic, I'm talking about the hard plastic. I think when visors are sometimes made with plastic, I've seen this. I don't know if they make this. I remember when I was a kid, I had one that was made of a hard plastic. It was purposefully not bendable. If that's the case, that's Asur. If it's made of a hard cardboard or hard wood, okay, it's the same thing. It just has to do with the strength of it. I'm just uh, just thinking about it in such a way. Lastly, Rabbi Moshe Levi in his book, Minuchat Ahava, in source number 8, in Chile Gimal, in Perekaf Gimal, in Otiot Gimal, writes the following, Asur lachvosh b'shabbat, afilu betoch habayit, kova sheyesh lo safar rechava tefach. So he really quoted from the words in Shohan Aruch initially, that even in your home it would be Asur because of Ohel. But then he continues and he says, if it's hard, that it's not bendable. Because by wearing it, you're making an Ohel Arai, a temporary tent on Shabbat. He directly addresses what we would call black hats, fedoras, hats of scholars, of rabbinic scholars. Even if their safa, their brim, comes out more than 3.2 inches, it's permitted. I quoted it earlier from Rabbi Yitzhak Yosef. Rabbi Moshe Levi, the great rabbi from Yeshivat Kisera Hamim, Zichron Olivracha, writes the same thing. Why so? Because their brim is not that hard. And it is bendable. And then when it comes to those sorts of hats, which again, is not per se the applicability to everyone, but for people who wear a hat consistently and all the time, they're not wearing it in order to provide shade. It was one of the reasons we saw mentioned in Mishnah Berurah. And in turn, it would be permitted for that reason. However, just to be clear, without repeating all the rationale again, halakha le on this matter, can a person wear a hat on Shabbat? Obviously, like anything else, it depends. It depends upon, A, the size of the brim, provided that it's less than 3.2 inches, irrespective of how bendable or foldable it is, permitted if it's less than 3.2 inches. Inches Number two, even if it's more than 3.2 inches, the standard baseball hat still is permitted for a plethora, a whole collection of reasons that we addressed, the most primary and significant one being the hardness of the hat. 
provided that the hat is not hard to the extent that you couldn't bend it, it therefore would be permitted. This all, we should just repeat again what Shohan Aruch mentioned in his other Sa'if, based on the Gemara and Rashi's interpretation to it, is applicable when you have a hat or a cap or a kippah and you're A, either not in a place where there's a carrying issue, or B, it's fastened to your head well enough that it won't fly off and then you would pick it up and walk with it, or alternatively, um, you would not walk without it on your head to begin with, as we addressed earlier in the class. But halakha then baseball caps are permitted to be worn on Shabbat, um, fedoras, by and large, are permitted to be worn on, on Shabbat, unless it's a top hat or one of those rabbinic hats, which has a protrusion of more than a tefah, number one, and number two is strong because of the texture, because of what it's made of, the fabric, then and only then would there be an issue. And remember, although we're not going this way per se, la halacha, Mishnah Berura said, you shouldn't per se decide to do that on your own, but if someone's doing that, en limchot biyado, because they at the very least have Rashi's opinion, and we extended that hacham of Adya Yosef, quoting from the Aharonim, that you're not crafting it on your own, to lean on, which means to say that generally speaking, hats and caps today, uh, if they're already being worn, can be continued to be worn. And even if you're deciding whether to wear it, provided that you fit into uh, several of the qualifications that we addressed, is permitted as well. Baruch Adonai Amen